Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and we are here with the full crew tonight, and it is exciting. We are here with Miss Stephanie. Hey, hello, friends. I kind of mixed it up a little there. I usually go to charity first, but charity's here. I'm here too. <laughs> okay. And all the way from the great state of Alabama is? Rusty. Yeah, Rusty's here with us. And our esteemed gentleman from North Carolina. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, from the great state of Tennessee, Randall J. Whitman is here. Hello. <laughs> so we are all in attendance tonight. And here's the awesome thing about this. Aside from Rusty, and I'm sorry, Rusty, we've all been to Disney in the or been to Orlando in the last couple of months. So we have uh, we've all been there. We've all experienced COVID Disney, and it's uh, we're ready to podcast about it. It's exciting. Uh, just real quick, catch us up on what's going on in your life in a sentence or two, starting with charity. What's going on in your life? Sentence or two. Just keep keeping busy, just trying to get back to regular life. Yeah, that was insightful. Um, just kidding. All right. All right, Stephanie, what's going on with you? Um, I Well, I'm excited because I'm finally starting to book things again. Um, I think so many people are ready to travel, which is positive, and I'm excited about it. So I, I'm, really, I'm really thinking ahead positively about everything. Great. That is good news. Rusty? Well, Stephanie, I would love to go somewhere, but I will be attending my virtual conferences this year instead of getting to travel. And uh, so that's basically all we're doing. We're just, everything is virtual still, but um, I was looking forward to, this is conference season. And so we just watch all of our conferences on Zoom this year. So. Oh, and it is, it's awful, isn't it? I, yes. Man, it is awful watching a conference on Zoom. Mark, how are things over there in the Carolinas? They are fantastic, and I refinanced my house, and that is an adult exciting moment. <laughs> it really is. We did, too. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and it's fantastic. You know Saving like, money. <laughs> you know you're old when, like, you're calling your friends and talking about your rate. You got <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What rate did you get? Well, I can't say. but Not honestly. <laughs> All right, Randy, what's going on with you? Uh, I'm talking to the mortgage broker today uh, about refinancing, but yeah. uh, it's cold and not snowing, and I'd rather it just be a little bit warmer or just go ahead and snow. Yeah, me too. Amanda and I were Agreed. talking, the, the last few years we've been at Disney has always been when Nashville has gotten its best snow. And it, we're so we're kind of bitter because we always miss the best snow in Nashville. But anyways, we haven't had a best snow in a couple of years, I don't think. Well, I mean, it snowed what an inch in January. I mean, uh, that was down where you are. That's not where we <laughs> not where we live. <laughs> Cherry's making fun of us for our southern ways, our foolish southern ways. <laughs> I, I think we've had snow outside for a good three weeks now. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's okay, going to turn so, in brown and black by now, then, isn't it? So, ugh. yeah. 
so we've got three of us were actually four of us were down there at Disney during the same time frame. Uh, WDW Marathon Weekend has come and gone. And as you know, for the first time in 20 some odd years, 28, I think, years, the Walt Disney World uh, Run Disney Group did not have a on-site marathon this year. But a lot of people went down anyways, like myself and Mark Price. Uh, Stephanie, you were down there at the same time, but you were at Universal. And Randy, I believe you were there the very next weekend. So yep. what we're going to do on this uh, edition of WDW for Families is just talk about our January trips and our esteemed panel of Rusty and Charity and Stephanie are going to fire some questions and hopefully uh, Randy and I and Mark will be concise in our answers and this will be a fun podcast for everybody who hasn't got the chance to go down during COVID Disney. So Rusty, if you'll take it away, we'll start this podcast. Sure. Well, you know, what we always want to know is where did you stay and did you have anything? Tell us a little bit about the resort itself. Where did you stay? Tell us what, what did you stay in? Like what type of room did you stay in? Something new, because I know you did something new this time, Todd. Oh, yeah, I did. And I, I, you know what I'll do is on these questions, let's go Mark first and then Randy and then I, and we'll just do it like that. So, Mark, why don't you start? All right. Well, I did a first, and I believe it's a uh, WDW for family first. I stayed at Fort Wilderness and camped in a tent for one night. <laughs> and then I moved over to the Grand Floridian the next three nights. But for one night, I pitched a tent and slept in it. And uh, it, it was all right. I, I used an air mattress. So uh, that, was, that was the first day of my trip. The Grand Floridian did better than the tent on the sleeping arrangements, to be honest. What? That may be the biggest contrast I've ever heard. No. Is it possible? Is it possible to have a greater contrast? I know. I I took one for for the team and and I wanted to get the uh the camping tent experience to to share with our listeners. So it well it really fair. wasn't bad. The bedding. You gotta get an air mattress, you gotta get a memory foam roll, and then you're good. You're on your pillow, you're on your blanket. It really wasn't horrible. The sites are nice. You got water, you got cable, uh, power. It's the best uh, comfort stations you're going to find at any campground. Boat ride over to the Magic Kingdom, which is fantastic. Not a long walk to the bus stops. Buses hit or miss, depending on if you catch one or not. You may be waiting 30 minutes. But all in all, it was enjoyable. And I'll probably do it again, especially... Uh, especially if it means I can go more on a lower budget. If I can go twice a year and camp, I might think about it. See, that's why you are most welcome on this podcast, Mark, because you have intelligent opinions on Fort Wilderness. Thank you, Mark, for that. <laughs> Randy, You're why welcome. don't you go ahead and tell us where you stayed? I stayed at the Polynesian. Uh, we had stayed there one night of one trip in the past and had a poor experience uh, because the people next to us uh, apparently hated their children, but this trip it was much better. Uh, and so we stayed at a Disney Vacation Club room and a studio, which is just a hotel room. And uh, the the hotel is actually closed uh, to anyone except uh, people staying in DVC rooms. So uh, that was interesting. Uh, that was a bit empty, as you would expect. 
uh, a fair amount of the reason they're closed is because they're doing a fair amount of construction. Uh, and where I saw it the most was around the main building. Um, but it was a good experience. We had a fun time. Uh, we went on on uh, on Martin Luther King weekend and arrived Saturday morning and checked out Monday afternoon. So it was a short trip, only two nights, but uh, we had a good time. We stayed at the Grand Floridian and the Boardwalk. And, the, and before I sound, we got a really good deal. My, one of the people on this podcast hooked us up really nicely. Thank you. I won't mention their name, Randy, but they really helped us out. And uh, we got a really nice deal. And we never would have had the chance to have stayed at those two places um, for this deal. And uh, we stayed the first two nights at the Boardwalk. And then we went to Grand Floridian and um, we got a surprise upgrade and it was pretty insane. Like we ended up staying in a, in a villa that overlooked the Seven Seas Lagoon and my wife will is spoiled now. She says, I will, I, I will never look at any other Disney hotel room again because we were just, it was unbelievable. The cast member who hooked us up, I'm for, forever grateful to him. But it was uh, it was really nice and uh, and while the Grand Floridian isn't me because I you know I'm I'm Fort Wilderness you know I'm I'm a little more that vein but it was it was really nice to see what the other half lives like every once in a while and so it, it, we were really spoiled I sat out on the balcony and watched the boats go back and forth from Magic Kingdom for just hours because I was. That's just my, that's my love language, you know? And so I just, I sat out there and I, and just being able to hear the music from the Polynesian and just sit there on my balcony. Oh my goodness. I cannot tell you, even though the Titans lost to the Ravens while we were there, I was still in a good mood uh, there. I, it, it, that was a big deal to me. So now I, you, uh, I, just to interrupt, I think that uh, you actually thought it was the president's suite, you know, like the presidential suite. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, until you realize, no, all the villas are like all the whatever one bedroom, two bedrooms, whatever it is you had, they're all like that. Yeah, I had no clue. We because we thought it was like so much nicer than anything we've been at at Disney. Aside from now, we were one of our rooms at Wilderness Lodge was like that, but this was so above and beyond what we'd experienced. We actually thought it was like something like ethereal like you know like did did Richard Nixon stay in this room at one point or you know was was this was this a room that Barack Obama slept in that's what we thought but it was actually like two or three tiers down from a presidential that's just that's just the normal that's the normal suite they've got I didn't think about that while I was sleeping in my tent that never crossed my mind (laughs) sleeping in a tent if a president flat slept there. Well, Andrew Jackson may have slept in a tent. Anyway, so I'm just no. kidding. All right. I want to ask so, one question uh, real fast. Now, Mark, okay. just because I'm still, Randy and I both had the same expression. You had cable at your campsite? <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I, the cable hookup was there. I did oh. not bring a TV with me. Um, but in the, in the power box, they have the typical 50 amp, 30 amp, uh, 120 volt cable, and they even give you a hose with your water, you know, straight out of the hose. I mean, that, 
that's nice. That's luxury in the campground world. Yeah. Now, was this, uh, this was in January, right? Was it, was it a particularly cool in the evening? It, it wasn't too bad. Um, I did Perfect. use the, uh, the power. I brought a little space heater, which I know is being a firefighter also, a heater in a tent, not the best idea, but it was a big tent. There was plenty of room. But yeah, I had a little space heater and it, it was quite comfortable. All right. All right. Let's move on to the next question, or this is going to be an 80 minute podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, awesome to hear about all the new resorts for you guys or new room types. Um, but I'm wondering about the park. So what parks did you visit? How many days did you, uh, did you spend in the park? I did, uh, I did five days uh, and I did five parks. At, at a relaxed pace, uh, the day I set up, I went over to the Magic Kingdom first, of course, um, and spent the evening there, and crowds are great. Was able to to hit quite a few uh, big ticket rides, Country Bear, uh, Haunted Mansion, <laughs> you know, the, the important ones. Um, right. Day two, I went, over to, <laughs> I went over to Animal Kingdom, and I rope dropped Pandora, Flight of Passage. And actually had an in-ride exit for the ones that know. It actually broke down. Our actual platform broke down. And we got stuck in the down position for probably two to three minutes. And uh, they reset it, took us through a little backstage area over to another little bay. So that was pretty uh, pretty exciting for a Disney fan, being able to, to break down on a ride. Day three, I went back to Magic Kingdom. And did the picked up the rides I missed again at a relaxed pace. And uh, Friday and Saturday, Friday I hit Epcot for the uh, opening of the International Arts Festival, and Saturday went to DHS. You were traveling you alone, be? Mark. It was just me uh, the beginning portion, and then uh, Todd was actually down there for the marathon. Had it have win at the same time, so met up with uh, Todd Thursday, Thursday night actually. Mm, sorry. Yeah, Mark, Mark and I hung out Thursday and Friday, and we did DHS together, and we've, we've got a Rise of the Resistance story, but we'll get to that here in a second. Randy? Uh, we did uh, Magic Kingdom the first day. Uh, the, when we arrived, we, we got to the room or, or the hotel around noon and uh, went straight to uh, Magic Kingdom and uh, stayed until close, and then the next day we started off uh, at Epcot when it opened at 11 o'clock and hung out for a while there. Just two parks this time. So we, Amanda and I got there um, on Thursday. We did Magic Kingdom and we did, I mean, your normal stuff. We did Epcot because we we're at the boardwalk and then the next day uh, we met up with Mark. Uh, but really the thing I was going to talk about was Rise of Resistance because we had, um, I, I had decided not to stress about it. And I was like, well, let's just, let's just not worry about it. Let's not, because we've all ridden it. And so we kind of all agreed to that. And then I woke up anyways at seven and tried to get it from my hotel room at the boardwalk and we didn't get it. And it's the first time I'd never gotten it. And, it, and I was doing all the tricks that I'd always been told to do and I just didn't get it. And so we went at one and it's one o'clock now in the parks and we figured it out and we all got it at one o'clock which was pretty cool because even Mark got it. And Mark's got like a phone from 1948 that he carries around. <laughs> and even Mark got it. So it was really cool. We got to ride it all together. But we got stuck 
in like the Star Wars nerds dream place. We got stuck in that room with the 50 stormtroopers and the the TIE fighter. We were there for 40 minutes. And so like any other Star Wars nerd would just be like in heaven. We were kind of over it about 20 minutes in. <laughs> what, what would we, you say we, about we got, that, Mark? We, we, uh, we sat down in the, the staged ride vehicle in there. The cast members allowed us to sit down in there. And yeah. like I said, for the first 20 minutes, it was pretty neat, but, uh, uh, it, it started to get, you know, come on, let's, let's get this thing moving. But <laughs> I, I have a story to tell about this and hope Todd doesn't hate me too much for it, but Todd really made himself comfortable inside of that ride vehicle to the point where his feet were kicked up with his shoes off. So <laughs> I don't know how many people can say that they relaxed with their shoes off in the, uh, the cargo bay with the stormtroopers. Well, my feet were hurting. Like we had, oh, anyways. All right, so Stephanie. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I want to know if you did anything new. Um, we've heard little snippets of new stuff, but anything else major new that you haven't done before? Fort Wilderness camping was new to me and the Grand Floridian was new. Um, we did get to pick up, which I've never done, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. That was my first time riding that. And I actually uh, two-timed it. I got it going twice. And uh, it, I like the movie ride. I hate it's gone. But the replacement is, I, I don't, they did well. You know, if they did well replacing it. You know, there, there's a little hurt when the movie ride's not there, but it doesn't sting quite as bad because that ride is just, it's just a good ride. There's a, uh, I know Todd likes it because there's plenty of Donald Duck in it. So he's, he's, he's happy with it, I'm sure. But it was, it was just a solid ride. That was a first for me. Um, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Randy, anything new for you? Uh, I will say what was new for me was going back to the Crystal Palace, uh, and the, the menu was new. And so, uh, we, we, we were pleasantly surprised. Uh, we felt very, we felt the meal was one of our best of the trip, and, uh, and we were, we had a great experience at the Crystal Palace. All right, I, did, I don't think there was anything new for us, although I had never experienced the Festival of the Arts, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, um, and that was just a dangerous place for me, with all of that Disney art there and all of the artists there to sign, I, I could have dropped four figures easy that day um, on just little $25 prints. But anyways. And of course, ahead, they, had all the, they had all the food kiosks out like they would for Flower Garden or Food and Wine. And uh, I have decided that having those food kiosks are like printing money. Like, <laughs> yeah. they keep bringing those out because... I bet they're making a killing on those little food kiosks. Uh, so part of me is glad they have it when I go and it's January and I wasn't expecting to see it there. But the other part of me is like, like it, it loses some of its specialness when they always have the food kiosks out. Yeah. Now they didn't have as many out for the Festival of the Arts they, because they do have, you know, the artist booths there instead of some of the kiosks. But Anyways, all right, Randy, or Rusty, sorry. So, 
did you anywhere any special any special foods or snacks while you were down there? I ate at um actually ate at Raglan Road for the first time and um and I ate at Yak at Yeti and a few other places and uh it it was good. They still had some of their performances. Um from what I've seen in reviews I've read, they usually have three or four people dancing on the stage, you know, doing some of that traditional dances. This time they only had someone on the middle stage and like one person, maybe two on the main stage, but it good food. Um, I really enjoyed that. So that, that was probably my favorite meal of the, of the trip. Randy, Randy, what about you? I thought, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking, I thought Todd was next. No, I already (laughs) mentioned Crystal Palace and let me just add on to that to say, um, when I looked it up before we went, um, I was not excited about the food they would have, uh, but it turned out to be great. The waiter was fantastic with our dietary restrictions, which is a big deal for us. And I don't mean just the waiter, the, the chef came out was great. Um, the, uh, I, I had thought, cause it said on the Disney website, it was a 40 to $60 price range. Um, and so I assumed it would be $60 in the evening and, uh, it turned out it was only $40 ahead. And so that was better than expected as well. Um, I thought the, it was worth the money we paid. So um, I was just I was just really impressed. I, I didn't expect to be and was. And I will also add, we did not have a reservation for a restaurant. And uh, there's a new to me section in uh, when you book dining, uh, you can select the time of day or you can push now. And so I was selecting the now button and you could refresh, refresh, refresh. And as there's availability immediately, you can push the button and you can walk right in as, as if you have a reservation because you just booked one immediately. Um, here's so a, that- here's one thing, Randy, about that is I noticed several times where Cinderella's Royal Table was open. I was looking for it, man. I was looking for looking- it. I was trying and trying. But I will say we were doing this at 20 minutes to park opening. Or excuse me, yeah. 20 minutes to park closing. So it was kind of end of the day, but we were over at uh, Space Mountain and it was five minutes till close. And I was about to get on the ride and I went ahead and I saw it was open. I went ahead and grabbed it. We got on the ride, got off and started heading over to the, to the restaurant. It worked fantastic for us. And so, uh, you know, That's again, great. now we also did... Uh, the Kona Cafe and had the Tonga Toast. So that was wonderful too. But uh, the we, highlight for me was Crystal Palace. We did, um, we we were going, we were determined to try three new restaurants because we were going to eat uh, only three sit-down meals. So we went way out of our comfort zone and went to Raglan Road, um, <laughs> Sci-Fi Dine-In and uh, and Liberty, and uh, not Liberty Tree, but uh, but Rose and Crown. So we ended up going to all three of our usuals, and yeah. uh, it nothing was, new. It was the normal. It was good. It wasn't surprising. So <laughs> anyway, my answer is boring. Hey Randy, I have a question for you about Crystal Palace. So uh, you said the menu is a little different, and then also I know there's no characters. I know that sometimes they wave to you from outside. So what was it? What was different about the menu and kind of how did you feel about paying the price for character dining without the characters? Uh, there was no characters that I saw. Um, I didn't expect characters, so I was not at all disappointed. 
there was no buffet. It is now family style. So I think what they do is you kind of order what you want to come out family style, and then it comes on a big platter. Because our family has two dietary restrictions and two not, and the two of us that weren't wanted different things, they ended up just plating all four plates as individuals. So we, it, it didn't work out that way for us, but it was just fine, and it was perfectly exactly what we wanted. Um, the desserts were good. Some were better than others, but uh, that was served family style, was uh, you know four or five different desserts. Um, you could get more of whatever you wanted. I had, uh, the, I believe it was a shrimp and salmon, uh, and it was delicious. It was fantastic. Um, I had a little bit of Abby's. Hers was good, too. So, uh, again, it, it was a limited menu. There was probably only four, you know, maybe five entrees, something like that. But uh, it, it was, uh, we thought it was great. I, I will say about sci-fi dine-in, because I've been kind of hard on the menu in the past. My, you, you guys know that the only reason I really like sci-fi is I just like the atmosphere there. Um, but the menu has changed, and... I had a hamburger there that was just fabulous. And so I, I'm kind of all in on sci-fi again. So, all right, who's up next? Nice. Uh, so that'd be me. So um, I know they, you know, they have different snacks that they've been coming out with. Um, did you guys have anything new? Any, any of, you know, like the specialty snacks or anything, anything new? Um, I, I have two. Well, I say two, one, one of them's actually six snacks. Uh, I did the yeah, I did the um, the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine at Epcot for the the we were out there opening day of the art festival. So I I did that and it's five different snacks and after you purchase and collect a stamp for each of those you get a reward. The reward was a cookie. Um, on a, it's shaped like an artist palette. Todd knows this cookie. Uh, so it's an artist palette, and it has different colors for each, obviously, to, to represent the paints. And I ragged this cookie like I just spent $35 on five different things, you know, one of which was squash. And they give me a cookie as the reward. And then I started to eat the cookie. Each paint was a different flavor and a different fabulous flavor. I couldn't name them all. Uh, but as you're eating the cookie, you, I got I got a hit of like lavender. There was one that I think was lime. Uh, so I, I I ate the cookie and I, I put my shoe in my mouth. I put in my mouth and had to eat my own words because it was a it was a pretty good uh, reward for doing those those five snacks. And they do that every year or every festival. They have some sort of uh, treat trail or or um, um, scavenger hunt sort of food. He really went for it, y'all. I mean, he the cookie was a big goal of his, and when he got that reward, we were all very proud of of Mark. <laughs> that afternoon. It was a really big deal. Stephanie? Well, I was just going to say, Mark, you know, nothing nothing follows a good squash entree than a cookie. <laughs> so maybe that's why yeah. they do it, <laughs> so that uh, you can yeah. crunch the balance with the cookie. <laughs> if you eat your squash, uh, it, the... you can have a cookie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly how I felt, it, and that was the first one I went for. Was it was it was Remy's ratatouille, eggplant, zucchini, yellow squash, tomato, uh, with with peppers, and it it would have made a great side for someone else's meal. 
Meanwhile, it really sounds delicious. Well, well, they also they're doing several of those scavenger hunt things during the arts festival, or they did a lot of things for the art festival. And one of them was you could get like a little, um, almost like a play a play doll paper paper mache like thing. If you went to all the different countries, and uh, they had one with Mickey Mouse and one with Chippendale and one with Donald Duck, and of course when we saw Donald Duck, we we did that. So we did that quest on one of the days, but that had nothing to do with anything. I just chimed in with it. So, Randy, any uh, what was your second snack, Mark? Well, actually, um, I've got a pistachio frappuccino from Starbucks, and I'm not a huge Starbucks fan, but that was the best uh, Starbucks drink that I have ever had that I can remember. Um, it was just enough pistachio, and it was... It, sometimes too much pistachio can be a little earthy it, it, it didn't get to that point and uh I, there's a couple groups i'm in food groups on facebook and i had to had to post that one it was the first day they had it and i believe you can get them at any starbucks so uh i highly recommend that about four years ago i had a pistachio starbucks drink when we were in china that was my first time to have it mm. Pistachio is big right now. Uh, two of the the desserts on the treat trail are the the Walker pistachio also. Mm. I'm gonna pass on the uh, I'm gonna pass on the snack. I don't I don't know that I really had much in the way of snacks. I just ate big meals and that was good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, we I'm not a big snacker. Um, I'm I'm on a pretty hard line, no carb diet, but uh. But I will say to earn that Donald Duck paper mache doll, we had to go around and find all of these art pieces where they replaced uh, someone in the painting with figment and they're hidden all in the countries. And it was a pretty fun little quest that Amanda and I um, competed to find which which one of us could find it first. Of course, she 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 won, of course, but uh, we found we found it. And we earned our Donald Duck. All right. Who's next? Okay, so um, I'm wanting to know how what were the crowds like when you guys were there? Was it heavier? Was it light? What did it look like? I, I think maybe for COVID, the crowds were average, um, but for typical crowds, even even in January um, or or marathon weekends and past, I mean, it, they're low. Um, fantastic as far as waiting in lines, rides. They were they were pretty pretty empty the park felt park felt a little empty and there wasn't as much uh kinetic movement as as you're used to when they're they're so full yeah let me let me jump in there mark because we went the weekend before randy because Rand, i think randy's got a different answer than us it was literally i took a picture at six o'clock from outside the haunted mansion and there was no one in the picture i have i i don't think i've ever experienced the Magic Kingdom, like I experienced it Monday, um, that we were there after the marathon. It was insane. We walked on every ride. We literally did not wait for anything except for maybe, you know, we waited for Country Bear because the show wasn't over. And so we, it, it was really crazy how empty it was. Um, now, not the weekend. The weekend we were there, it was the first weekend in January. So the Friday and Saturday were a little more crowded than the Sunday, but the Monday we were there was just, it was completely insane. 
how empty it was. And I, I just have not experienced that in a very long time. So, but I think Randy has a different answer. Yeah. I mean, we were there Martin Luther King weekend. We went to uh, magic kingdom on Saturday. So I think, you know, again, we've talked about this in the past. I think there are more season ticket holders, more locals at Disney world as a percentage uh, than usual. And so, you know, when are they going to be there? It's likely to be Saturday. So, um, you know, ours was not as busy as fall break, but I will say it was almost as busy as Thanksgiving. And we rode Haunted Mansion by getting in line on the little bridge walkway pretty much across from the Country Bear Jamboree. Um, and it wind all the way around. Uh, now, it only took 20 minutes to get on the ride, but it was a extremely long-looking line, uh, certainly long in length. Um, and so that's just an example. We, we, yeah. uh, we, we, we had Mark a, I, mean, there, there was a lot of lines. Mark and I walked on to Frozen, believe it or not. That's how low the crowds were. Even, and that was even on a Sunday, right, Mark? We, I mean, literally, we walked it, on. It was the best lines that I've ever experienced at, uh, at Disney World um, at, at any of my trips. And even, even when the something like 45 minutes was posted for a ride, it wasn't, um, and I have some theories about why they post certain times, but, you know, 45 minutes might have been 25 minutes. Um, and, you know, it's just so hard to tell with social distancing. Just to make this clear, it was not Mark and I riding Frozen. Amanda was there with us, just to make sure everyone knows this. All right, <laughs> All right next question. Well, I know we've talked about uh, kind of experiencing Disney with COVID before, but I want to ask a little different spin on it. What is the most inconvenient thing about the COVID experience that you had? And then what's the greatest kind of blessing or positive that you saw while you're in the parks because of COVID? The most inconvenient for me was every store you go in, they had another mask that I wanted to purchase. Um, that was probably the, the biggest headache for me was uh, choosing which one I wanted to, uh, to purchase. They, they don't bother me. The mask, you know, five minutes in, I got used to it. Um, we were there. It's cool. So you don't have to worry about, you know, getting exhausted heat wise with it. I'm sure during the summer, it's a completely different story, but our weather was, uh, was, was great. As far as enjoying it, I mean, just, you know, I hate to say, the crowds but it, it was it's nice to just be there and not have two hour waits not ride five rides and that be your whole day that was the best i i think Randy? You know, i don't I, that's a great question uh i will say that i feel like people are less honoring the distancing than they did six months ago uh when i came in you know in july and august People were all about the distancing, and I feel like that is less the case. Um, you know, there was still enough of it, and it was fine. But um, so that's not doesn't really answer your question. Um, you know, as far as positive, you know, I, I, the mask is the most annoying thing for me. Although the weather was good and it was not as bad as being there in the summer, it's still the it's still the worst part. And uh, you know, the best part for me is is it led to a less busy Polynesian stay uh, because, you know, it, it was part of the reason they closed down that resort. And I had, uh, I had the ability, frankly, to book the room 
on a holiday weekend, and I would not have normally had that opportunity to stay at the Polynesian in a Disney Vacation Club room on a holiday weekend. Yeah, I, I would say for me, the, the mask was the single most annoying thing when I was there in November. Now, January, I was thankful for the mask because it kept me warm uh, when I was freezing there on some of the nights. I would, you know, to me, it's the crowds. And November was different. November it felt like business as usual. But, you know, yeah. January was crazy. And it's such a good question that uh, that Charity actually was the one who came up with this question originally. That's what our next podcast is going to be about. Like, what what would you actually keep from the COVID era regulations that Disney put? And we're going to talk about that next podcast. I think that's a really awesome question. All right. Next question for the panel. We're almost done here. Almost done. So um, I know that Randy's not too big on souvenirs and tchotchkes and Disney stuff, but um, especially with the Festival of the Arts, did you guys come home with any goodies, any good souvenirs this trip? I, I looked at a lot at the Festival of the Arts, and uh, I'm with Todd. I could easily spend four figures of money I don't have on the art there. Um, I saw a painting and it was the original uh, canvas painting and it was just a picture of the train station with the train in front of it. And I mean, it was, it was a, a stylized a little uh, almost Christmassy as far as bright and, and a little, little bit of glitter in it, not bedazzled or anything. And uh, I mean, it's in, it, it was so good. It sent chills down my spine because I could just picture it above my, my fireplace. Um, but as far as purchasing, being at the beginning of the year, anything with 2000 road on it was on sale for 70% off. Um, so I got uh, a few things and I got a, uh, my, my son likes cars. I got him a, a, a Disney car hauler, tractor trailer, and normally like $35. Um, it was like $9 or something. So the first of the year, any of the merchandise with a year on it is heavily discounted. Uh, for me, I, you know, I didn't get anything, but Beth was on a hunt to get the pass holder themed Mickey ears. Uh, and uh, we looked at several stores and finally found them, um, which we were glad to have done and bought them right away. Well, there's a couple of things I got, of course. First of all, the very first thing we saw at the Festival of the Arts was a Steamboat Willie uh, poster with Donald Duck replacing Mickey Mouse and has like a Donald Duck taped over Mickey Mouse. And so that obviously we bought that immediately. The, the uh, artist was there, so we had him sign it. So that was really cool. And, and it was the very first thing we saw, which was really cool. And uh, I've been on a quest to collect all the Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary ghost jars. And so I found... Uh, uh, the the uh, Victor Geist uh, jar there, which puts my collection closer to being finished. Right now, I'm five of nine. Um, all right, our next question, real quick. Okay, so we already know, Todd, about your quote-unquote presidential suite, um, but <laughs> did any of you guys have any other Disney magic? Anything fun to share? I didn't get a room upgrade. Um, I stayed at the Grand Floridian three days, and 
it was in the the DVC uh, villas. But I actually requested my room early, and they asked me my check-in time um, or when I was arriving, and they actually sent me a email and a text message at 6.40 in the morning of the day I was supposed to check into the Grand Floridian to tell me my room was ready, which is um, nine hours before the, the typical check-in time. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was still asleep when it came through telling me I could go over to the Grand Floridian and check in. That's, that's COVID uh, Disneyland or Disney World to the T. That, I mean, that, that would have never happened, you know, a, a year and a half ago. But that was, a, that was a little magical, especially if, uh, if you didn't think you're getting your room, if that was your first night. Well, it's especially magical if you're sleeping in a tent. Yeah, it, it was. It was very magical, except for my room was it, it, the same level as the monorail, the closest room. So, you know, six o'clock in the morning when that monorail started coming by, I, uh, I experienced that magic. Oh, hmm. Uh, for us, you know, when we were checking in, I mentioned that we had had a had a poor experience the last time we were at the Polynesian, and uh, I had to talk my wife into even going back. And I think the manager may have overheard that or something. I saw him disappear. He came back, and then we became the family of the day at the Polynesian, which means you get your picture taken, uh, you get uh, a lay. Everybody gets one of those cheap paper lays. Uh, and we also got uh, each uh, a Dole Whip um, float at the Dole Whip station right there at the Polynesian. So it was nice to be treated well. Uh, I appreciated it. In fact, I appreciated it so much. I wore that lay the rest of the day Saturday. I wore that lay all day Sunday. I wore it until we got to the airport and I threw it in the trash at the airport. But I was proud of that lay. It's that little cheap, you know, 50 cent thing. It, 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 I did appreciate it. And it was, it did add to the magic for me. So uh, that was some good magic we had. Well, I've already, I've already talked about our magic. It was pretty awesome. Uh, we had a great trip, Randy. Well, one thing I'll say is we, we went with another couple too. We, we met uh, Mark late in our trip. We went with another couple early in our trip and I, I dropped them off at Old Key West and on our way over to our hotel. And I now have Old Key West in me. I want to stay at Old Key West after seeing it for myself. I thought, this is a neat little place and I've got to stay there now. And so uh, that's, that's next on my hit list. That's really. It is a neat gigantic place. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, I will say for, you know, for your, your size family, I think you'll appreciate that the rooms are much larger than most of the other resorts. It's also um, easier to get into than the other Disney vacation club resorts because there are so many rooms and because it's not connected to a theme park, then the demand is a little less. So I think, I think it'll be a, it'll be a great stay when you do go. Uh, You just have to give yourself a little extra time to get to places. Well, it's it's happening. We're we're planning a March trip, our our all boy trip, and we're planning on doing that. All right, so everybody, good. We are going to cut this episode a little short, even though it's been long. We plan on doing more, but we're going to talk to Stephanie next week 
we're all those things I told you about the COVID episode, that's going to be two weeks now. We're going to talk to Stephanie next week, and we're going to talk to Charity next week. So there's nothing about playing things on the fly. Uh, wait, that sentence wasn't going to work. Playing it by the fly is what we do best here at WDW for Families. So next week we will, yeah, I know, I don't know. I couldn't, playing it by ear. Why did I say playing it by the fly? On the fly. Yeah, Mark, please edit this out. All right, anyways, you're never too old to wish upon a star.